Hello and welcome to episode four of the JCI USA Empowercast. I am so excited to have a special guest today with Brian Freeman, uh, an award-winning author and just um, a very awesome guy. So Brian, welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here with you. Uh, I'm so excited about this. Uh, I l- your whole genre is kind of the area that I like to read in general anyway, uh, so I'm kind of a fan. Um, but why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself, um, just personally and, and even you know career-wise. Tell me about yourself. Sure, yeah. Well, as I said, my name is Brian Freeman, and uh, I've, uh, I've had the great honor and privilege for more than 17 years now of, of making my living as an author. And uh, that's what I've wanted to do my whole life. So uh, this really is uh, an, an, extraordinary, uh, an extraordinary thing for me. And uh, I, I've, had the, uh, I, I've had the great fortune of having some, some, some great success along the way. This is a tough business and it, it took a long time to get in. But I look back on these past 17 years and I've uh, been able to published books in 23 languages and uh, my my most recent novel is a finalist right now for the Edgar Award. I've I've won the award for best novel and the Thriller Awards. And you know, if somebody had had told me all of that uh years ago, uh I I never would have believed them because it was such a a tough business to break through in that, that there were a lot of days where I thought, "Now why am I banging my head against the door of this crazy, crazy business. But uh, so, you know, to, to go through all those efforts along the way and, and to be in a position where uh, I can, I can tell people that uh, this is, this is my job. I'm an author. That's, that's a wonderful thing. So I want to circle back to, you know, some of the challenges that you had to overcome, but tell us first how you got started with it. Yeah, you know, I'm one of those people that uh, being an author has been my dream as far back as I can remember. I mean, literally, uh, I can remember sitting in in sixth grade class, starting in on a mystery novel. And, uh, and, and then I had a wonderful eighth grade composition teacher, and um, she really recognized my love of writing and, and how much I love telling stories. And uh, she did something, you know, I think these days with all of the standardized tests and curricula a teacher would probably never feel comfortable doing but she said you know when you come to my class don't so worry so much about the lesson plans just just sit there and write your stories and uh, so that was what I did through most of her class and uh, it was the summer after that that I started in on my first full-length novel and uh, spent about 18 months finishing that and, uh, you know, from that moment forward, that was what I wanted to do with my life was was write books. And uh, uh, but, you know, as I uh, as I said, it, it's it's a tough, tough business. You know, I, I actually wrote five books uh, in the course of my life before I even started in on uh, the book that would become my breakthrough book, which was Immoral. And uh, boy, there were a lot of days where I was uh, I was thinking, you know, there are there are other things that I want to do with my life. Why do I keep knocking on the door of uh, of the publishing business? Uh, but I think you know, I think when you're a writer and a storyteller, you, it's not the kind of thing that you can ever really walk away from. And you just have to have a a crazy determination, and you have to believe in yourself. And uh, and so I, I I kept trying, I kept writing, and. Uh, uh, you know, finally, uh, kind of all the stars aligned and uh, I was able to break through. That's awesome. Um, we have several uh, members that I know in, in JCI USA or around the country that are, you know, budding off authors, a lot of fan fiction writers. Uh, yep. What advice would you give them? Yeah, you know, well, there's a few things. Um, the, the, the first is a very simple, a very simple concept. And, and that is that uh, 100% of unwritten books 
have never been published. <laughs> uh, and, you know, and it, and it sounds like such a, an easy idea, but I'll tell you that it doesn't matter whether you're, you know, you're, you're starting out and you're an aspiring writer or you've written 20, 20 some novels. Uh, writers tend to be their own worst enemies. It is so easy to psych yourself out and to, to lose confidence and to lose faith in yourself. And, you know, it's not like, you know, the world is out there clamoring at the door of, of aspiring writers saying, oh, yeah, you're, you're great. Just keep at it. You'll, you'll break through. Uh, most of the time, you, you don't really get that kind of positive feedback and, and you have to really kind of look inside yourself and, and believe in yourself. So I always tell aspiring writers, uh, you know, don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on your dreams and don't give up on your book, because I hear from so many people. Uh, that they'll get like 50 pages into a project and then they'll say, ah, oh, this is no good. And, and they'll kind of put it aside. Uh, you know, and, and the thing is, you know, I always say, go back, you know, finish, finish what you're working on, get that book done because you, when you finish off a novel, there's going to be this amazing sense of accomplishment that you were able to do it. And maybe it sells, maybe it doesn't sell, but you've now you've proven to yourself that you can do it. And, you know, most of the time you, you start with those 50 pages and you think, oh, no, this is no good. You get to the end of the book and you realize, you know, actually, yeah, that was pretty good. That's cool. Tell me a little bit about your writing process. I, I, I don't do a lot of writing. Uh, it's not my strength, but I'm always interested to kind of hear people's processes um, and how they, you know, plan a book and and all of those things, research. Um, sure. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, my process has evolved a lot over the years. Um, you know, I, in, in the early days when I was in the business, my first few books, I, I, I was really sort of an over planner. Uh, and I think it's because, you know, I was still getting used to the idea that, oh my God, you know, here I am, my, my, my job is writing books. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I used outlines and, and background materials as, as sort of that crutch to give me that comfort level that, okay, I, I know what I'm doing. I, I know where this book is going. So I would, I would do really, really detailed outlines on every story before I started. And I'd, I'd do sort of exhaustive biographical sketches uh, on the characters before I started. And, and it, you know, it helped in the early days because, again, it gave me that confidence level that, that I sort of knew all the, the, the dynamics of the, the story and the characters before I started. But the more books I wrote, the more I kind of went away from that uh, because, you know, as much as you try, uh, you, you can't really uh, fit a square peg in a round hole. Right. And, and you, you can, you know, you can write out what you think the book is going to look like and you can write out who you think these characters are. But once you start actually getting words on the page, uh, it tends to start going in different directions and, and the characters come to life and they become three-dimensional and, and they start trying to guide you. And, and, and sort of in the early days, I felt like, well, that's not, that's not where I thought that character was going. And I, I would sort of push back and try to push the character's you know, into the, you know, into the boxes that I made for them. And uh, uh, they, they kind of informed me that, you know what, that's not the way this works here. You know, we're, we're, we're the, we're the characters and, and you have to listen to us. And uh, uh, so the more I did that, the, the, the more I allowed the story to kind of take shape as I wrote it. And I allowed the characters to, to really come to life on the page as I got to them in the story. And I think it just makes it a, a, a fresher, more spontaneous experience, both for the writer and the reader. It does make you a little more neurotic because it means I wake up every morning and I literally don't know what I'm going to be writing that day. Uh, but I think the, the, the process ultimately just creates a, you know, a, a better creative product. 
I think I have so many questions about this because you <laughs> you write some pretty twisted characters, Brian. <laughs> and I I've always wondered this because I love reading mystery, uh, thriller, uh, psychological suspense type books. It's it's probably my go to um, for sure. whatever reason. So maybe I'm twisty too. But <laughs> um, I've always wondered: Are the authors just a little bit crazy too? <laughs> or um, like, how do you how do you get in touch with those characters that sure you know aren't that like have, have done as- yeah have done some dark things yeah yeah well no that's a great question I I mean you know I I my my wife always jokes that you know she sleeps with one eye open <laughs> 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 she she knows the kind of books I write and uh, I I I go to events you know and I chat with readers and and. Uh, uh, they they always kind of you know they they read my books and then they come and meet me and they're like wow boy you you seem so nice you know they they kind of qualify that because they've read what I write and uh, they think well is is this really the, the same guy that writes these you know dark twisted stories you know it's it is um, it, it's always a balancing act I mean uh, you're 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 looking to provide sort of that dramatic adrenaline rush to readers uh, you want them to keep turning the pages to, to find out what happens next. Uh, one, of my, one of my favorite emails was from a reader who said that she'd been reduced to taking illicit bathroom breaks at work to get in another <laughs> chapter. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, that, that's what I'm going for. I, I, I want, you know, all those twists and turns to, you know, to, 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 to keep you turning the pages. I want that little chill up your back as you're reading, as you start to realize, you know, uh, that, that things are going on that you had no idea were happening. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's also, you know, I mean, it's also a question of um, you're, you're entertaining people. And so uh, it really is a balancing act of how do you create, you know, interesting, twisted, dark characters and stories, and yet do it in a way that's not gratuitous, that's not explicit, that, that relies on the the mind of the reader to sort of fill in the suspense and fear and and doesn't sort of you know uh, you know put body parts and other kind of things in front of them because for me it's it's I I don't like uh, explicit violence in books I I write about violent things and and there are certainly a lot of dark things that happen in my books but I I try to do it in a way where it's really sort of your mind that's creating the suspense and the fear not what you're actually seeing on the page it's kind of like a, a Steven Spielberg film where where it, it feels much more violent or intense than it really is because it, it's your mind that's filling in the gaps, not necessarily what's on the screen. Yeah. Um, and I will, and I will say that the, the, the more books that I write, the more I am always looking for ways that I can tell stories that are every bit as, you know, dramatic and, and, and intense and suspense and uh, twist filled as, as everything I've done, but to do it in a way that also, you know, has kind of a, a an emotional resonance and, and redemption for the characters and, and kind of a moral center to it. And that's not always easy when you're talking about thrillers, because, I mean, you're you're generally writing about uh, about crimes and, uh, and about some bad things happening. Uh, and yet at the same time, I think there are ways that, that we can tell stories that that ultimately, you know, inspire and, and uplift people, even if uh, we're scaring the crap out of them along the way. Yeah. <laughs> um. I love how you describe that because I love reading it, but sometimes I personally, when I'm reading, you know, um, this genre, I, I find myself having to pull back a little bit just for my own 
you know, mental health uh, sure, to make yeah. sure that I'm not getting too dark because a lot of writers do go uh, to the extreme with describing things. Yes. Yes. I love yeah. That. You know, there, there's, there's kind of a whole, there's a whole, you know, serial killer subgenre in thrillers. And I, I have to say that that makes me kind of uncomfortable. I mean, there are certainly have been occasions where I've had some pretty, you know, pretty dark characters in my books, but at the same time, I mean, you know, I, I, I think I have a creative problem with it because the, the challenge with a serial killer, killer character is, you know, the writer can just say, ah, well, you know, he's, he's, he's bad to the bone. And uh, for me, I prefer writing characters that are more complex because we all have shades of gray. We all have darkness in us, but we also have, you know, things that, that, that have some sort of redemptive humanity about it. So I would prefer to write villains uh, that will actually ultimately, you know, tug at people's heartstrings because at the end of the day, you know, the reader begins to realize what it was about that person's background that drew them across some terrible lines. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So tell me just from your perspective, um, kind of flipping the, the script, um, how are there times where you have to pull back and just make sure that you are okay as you're writing? <laughs> yeah. You know, that's, that's a great question. And um, it, it, it's a challenge because, you know, the thing about writing is it's, it's an all consuming kind of occupation. I mean, you know, it's both all consuming economically because you're self-employed and, and self-employed people will tell you it's, it's sort of a 24 seven occupation. Uh, and, and at the same time, you know, writing stories and, 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 you know, building characters, it's not like you can just sort of put them aside uh, at the end of the day, they, they follow you out of your office and, and uh, they're, they're kind of always in the back of your minds and, Usually, you know, it's the last thing I'm thinking about uh, when I go to sleep and it's the first thing I'm thinking about when I wake up. And, and so when I'm dealing with um, when I'm dealing with, you know, darker stories and darker characters. Yeah, I mean, it, it can take a toll on 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 your own mental health. And sometimes you need to try to get away from it and uh, uh, and and, you know, focus on on better things and brighter things. Uh, I, I will say it, it's uh, it's kind of a strange thing for a thriller writer to admit, but uh, my wife and I have, have been to Disney World more than 30 times in our lives. So I guess that's one of the ways that we deal with that is uh, we, uh, uh, we, 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 we go from these dark places to the, you know, to the happiest place on earth. Yeah, so. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. That's awesome. So tell me about the research. Uh, every reader, uh, I'm always interested because I can never determine when I'm reading a book, if it's a real place or not. So, for example, Thief River Falls was so specific about the location and um, the layout of the river and all of the things. Do you typically write on real places or have, um, you know, real scenarios in mind? And how do you research it when you do? I guess let's sure. start there. <laughs> yeah. Um, most of the places that I write about are real. Um, Thief River Falls is a real town in, in far northwestern Minnesota. Um, it's not always the case. Uh, my, my, one of my recent novels, The Deep, Deep Snow, uh, it's actually the, it's a finalist for the Edgar Award right now. The whole town and county described in, in The Deep, Deep Snow is, is fictional. So I built that. Uh, I built that out of my own mind. Um, but, you know, I, I want the settings, whether they're real or whether they're fictional, to feel 
very vivid and authentic. I want to give readers kind of a you are there feel uh, in the books. I want you to feel as if you've been dropped down into every scene and you can hear it and touch it and taste it and feel it and smell it happening all around you, because I think that enriches the drama of the novels. And and that's part of the research process is uh, being able to kind of capture uh, the, the the feel of a place, um, uh, not just sort of your, your your physical senses, but emotional senses as well. If if you're in this place, what does it feel like to you? What memories uh, does it bring back? What emotions does it stir? Uh, and those are the kind of things that I think make a book particularly vivid for the reader. Um, so again, a, a lot of times I'm using very very real places. You can you can follow along in my books in in Google Earth, uh, but uh, but sometimes. Uh, but sometimes I, I just kind of create them uh, out of thin air as well. But even when I do that, um, I, I want there to be that that vividness, that that authenticity uh, for the readers. Um, and research, you know, research when you're talking about um, storylines and you know police procedure and and other sorts of details that come up, that's always a that's always a fine line for a writer um, because uh, you you want the book again to have that authentic flavor to it. But you also have to remember that at the end of the day, um, you're, you're not a cop, you're not a lawyer, you're not whatever is, is going on here. You're, you're a storyteller. And the point is uh, to, to, to enwrap the, the reader in your story and your characters. And I kind of I look at research through sort of an odd lens. Uh, I don't know if, if you or your listeners are familiar with an old movie called Somewhere in Time with uh, Christopher Reeve. But it was a time travel movie. And uh, the way that Christopher Reeve ultimately goes back from the past to the present is that he finds a, a modern day penny in his old suit. And he realizes seeing this modern day penny that he's not in the past. He's actually still in the present. Uh, and so when I do research, I, I tell people what I'm trying to do is avoid pennies. I don't want to have anything pop up in a book that sort of jars the reader out of the reality I've created for them and makes them think, oh, no, that could never happen. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the, the, the goal, I think, of, of research is 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 not that you're going to get, you know, 100 percent, you know, uh, accuracy of how things are done, because honestly, if you. If you did a 100% accurate novel about, you know, police procedure or the legal process or anything like that, chances are it would be a pretty dull book. Uh, but you want to do it in such a way that it, it feels right and it doesn't, you know, take the reader out of the suspense and, and stop them by making them think, oh, wait a minute. No, that's not the way that happens. Yeah. And then in addition, you always have those scenarios where, you know, you've got the bad cops who aren't doing it right or. Uh, you know, small town politics and sure all, the, all yeah. the things that make the story even better to me. Right, exactly, and that's the thing. I mean, you're 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 creating a dramatic experience for the reader, and the reader doesn't you know does not expect everything to be you know uh, completely true to life. I mean, we're this is fiction, and uh, and and folks realize that they 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 recognize that ultimately you know you you can't you know ride around on on broomsticks, and yet you know they were perfectly happy to have you know Harry Potter novels out there. So it it's you know you're always creating a whole different reality for people, and and the point is uh, to make it feel authentic to the point that they're willing to go along for the ride, even though they know that this is, you know, this is fiction and this is something you've dramatized for them. Okay. So tell me who your favorite character that you've written is and why. Oh boy. That's a, that's a good question. Um, It's, it's obviously hard. It's hard to pick because uh, I, 
I, I sort of love all the different characters for, for different reasons. I mean, I have a real close connection to, uh, to Jonathan Stride because I've, I've done 10 books featuring uh, Stride, who's a Duluth uh, police lieutenant. Um, uh, so he's kind of like a, an old friend of me. You know, he and I go back so far. Um, but, um, you know, I, I think there are probably uh, there are probably a couple characters that really resonate with me. Um, you mentioned Thief River Falls and uh, the heroine of Thief River Falls uh, is actually a thriller writer named Lisa Power. And um, uh, telling Lisa's story um, felt very resonant to me because of course I'm a thriller writer too. And, and so Lisa and I sort of saw the world through a similar lens. Uh, and I think that gave me kind of a, an immediate affinity with, uh, with her and, and who she is. And Thief River Falls is a very, very emotional story. Uh, it, it's one of those stories where, where the reader thinks one thing is going on throughout the book and, and only to discover that something extraordinarily different is happening at the end. And it's yeah. such a major it, plot a, there, Brian. Yeah, yeah, ex <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, 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 and what I love is it, it's not just a, a major plot twist, but it, it's such a, you know, a, a personal, intense, emotional plot twist um, that uh, it, it's, it, it, it really made Lisa feel close to me. And when I was writing, you know, the, the, the end of the book and, and, you know, taking Lisa through this experience, I mean, I was sobbing and, you know, tears coming down my face. And, and so, you know, when I can get that caught up in, in the character, then hopefully the readers will too. And, and certainly it, it means, you know, that, that I end up really feeling close to that character. So, you know, I try to get that in, in, in every book, whether it's Shelby Lake in, in the deep, deep snow or, or Dylan Moran in my new novel infinite or, or Lisa in, in Thief River Falls, I always want to feel like I'm so close to the, to the hero of the book that, that, that I'm kind of, you know, living and dying with everything that's happening to them. So one of the things that impresses me so much about you specifically is you seem to have such a connection with your readers. Um, and I, I see you and your wife often, you know, engaging with readers and, you know, telling them about what's coming and all of the things. Uh, and I kind of love that, uh, that you value your readers so much. So my question is why? <laughs> well, you know, I, I can, I can still remember, um, you know, 17 years ago when, when we were, even before Immoral came out, they had just sent out uh, ad advanced copies to booksellers and things. And, and one bookseller had, um, uh, had passed along uh, Immoral to, um, to a, a, a big, big reader in California. And her name was, uh, her name was Gail Foster. And uh, Gail sent me the very first um, fan letter uh, I'd ever received telling me how much um, she loved uh, Immoral. And, uh, and, and so I wrote back to her and, uh, and, and Gail and I kind of became pen pals over the years. And I actually ended up using her as sort of a, a sounding board and an advanced reader for, um, you know, for some of my books. And uh, a couple times, Marsha and I were out in California. We had a chance to, to get meet Gail and, and meet her family. And uh, uh, I, uh, I remember then that, that a few years later, um, uh, we, we lost Gail to cancer. And it was, uh, it was, such, a, it was such a loss, um, not only because she'd be, become such a dear friend to us, but it was a reminder of, you know, the, the, the role that readers play in our lives. Um, because, 
uh, it is a very it is a very special bond between uh, author and readers. I mean, the readers are the reason that I'm writing these books. And um, Marsha and I have had the opportunity to to meet and interact with so many amazing people over the years. And they send such extraordinary notes, whether it's posting on Facebook or sending emails or, or the, the stories they tell us at events. Um, you really get a sense for the, the, the role that books play in people's lives and, and how stories can lift people up out of their circumstances and, and take, their some, take them somewhere completely different. Um, so to me, I, I just, I treasure those relationships and, uh, and, and we have, we have made good friends and, and we've, you know, gotten to know so many people, uh, in places, you know, all around the country and, and all around the world that otherwise we never would have had a chance to interact with. And, you know, all you need to do is scratch the surface with ordinary people and you find these amazing stories coming out. I mean, stories of, of, you know, triumph and, and tragedy and, and determination and loss and, and, and all the things that, that make us who we are. So, uh, you know, I, for me, I wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, I, I love the fact that, uh, that I can write a book and it touches people enough that they want to, to reach out and tell me that. Uh, I, and I can't imagine, you know, um, you know, being a writer who wouldn't, uh, uh, respond to those kind of messages. And, you know, maybe, maybe the day will come where, <laughs> Or so many thousands of messages are, are coming in that, that I, I can't keep up with all of them. But boy, I'll, I'll tell you, I, I will keep trying hard because it, it really matters to me to, um, to, to, to hear from readers about what the experience was like reading one of my books. That, that is, that's the greatest compliment an author can get. That's great. So I want to ask you about uh, the Born series uh, because you are kind of taking over those, I don't know if that's the right terminology, but tell us about how you were able to start writing uh, additions to the Born series. Yeah, that was, that, that has been so much fun. Uh, and about three years ago or so, uh, the, um, the Robert Ludlum estate uh, did a, a new deal for Jason Bourne novels with, uh, with Putnam and they were looking for a new author to, to take over uh, this series. And uh, so my agent asked, did I want to throw my hat in the ring? And uh, I said, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this would be an extraordinary opportunity. I, I've been a, a Robert Ludlum fan my whole life. I, I read The Born Identity for the first time um, back in 1980 when it came out when I was, what, 17 years old. So uh, I've, I've had Jason Bourne in my life for 40 years. And uh, so um, uh, so I, they, they went through their process. And uh, I, I got another call a few months later saying that, that Putnam wanted me for Bourne. And uh, so I, I, I called up the editor and, and talked about how I thought we could go back to Ludlum's original vision for for who Jason Bourne was, and and try to recapture what has made Bourne such a an enduring iconic hero for all these years, and uh, and and so that was how I approached the Bourne Evolution, and uh, I, I was thrilled with that book uh, because so many readers wrote to me and said, "Gosh, it was just like you know opening up a Robert Ludlum novel again," and uh, that that's so much what I wanted to do was really kind of you know, pay an homage to this author that, uh, that, that, that had passed away and yet who had played such an important role in my life, both as a writer and as a reader. So, um, uh, and, you know, the Bourne books are so different from my own novels. I mean, again, you know, I write very, you know, emotional, intense psychological thrillers and the Bourne books are much more, you know, action driven, <laughs> uh, adrenaline kinds of stories. Uh, but, uh, but they're so much fun to write. I, I just, 
I, I, I have a ball when I uh, when I start working in on a newborn novel. So, so do you think that you'll ever be able to meet Matt Damon? Ah, you wonder, don't you? I, I keep expecting Matt to, to, to call me up here. It's like, where are you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. All right. So tell us about your new book. Yeah, I uh, my, my latest book just came out yesterday. In fact, uh, it is called Infinite. And uh, it is it is the most unusual story I've ever told uh, it. Uh, and, uh, and, and I love it. It, it, it was, uh, it was just a, a really, really interesting creative challenge to put together. It is of all things. And I'd never, I never expected I'd be able to say this. It is currently uh, the, uh, the number one bestseller in science fiction in the Kindle store. Really? Uh, and, uh, yes. And, and uh, as well as in paranormal mysteries and, and, and psychological thrillers. So it's an interesting, it, it tells you how kind of a, a genre bending uh, book this is um, yeah. for, uh, for, for those of you who are, are, are big bang theory fans. Uh, you, you probably remember the story of Schrodinger's cat. And the cat was both alive and dead inside this box. And uh, uh, that's actually kind of the underlying premise behind Infinite, because it relies on this really interesting theory in quantum mechanics and physics that um, uh, that there are actually an infinite number of parallel universes be- being created. And, and every time we face a choice uh, in a different universe, we make the opposite choice. So if we're at an in- intersection and we turn left, uh, uh, in another universe, we're turning right, and and the, the branches just keep on going and creating in an infinite direction, and and that was kind of that was the the sort of the concept that underlies infinite, um, and yet then I take that concept and I create a story for this this hero Dylan Moran who who opens the book in the midst of a terrible loss. He has lost his wife in in a terrible car accident, and as he struggles with his grief and he's as he struggles with the bad choices that he has made in life he starts having this strange phenomenon of seeing himself everywhere he goes uh and and um he becomes uh, uh sort of obsessed with this idea of these parallel universes and and wonders what's really happening to his mind um so it it becomes a very you know in, intense dramatic twisty story and yet at heart it's also really uh, a story of redemption i mean it's about you know dylan uh, looking back on the, the the choices he made and the losses he's experienced, and and trying to discover if there is, you know, a road forward for him, and and is there a way that a man can have a second chance in life after he's he's made some some terrible mistakes? Uh, so um, uh, it, it it's a story that it, it's very close to my heart. Uh, it's very unusual. It, you know, I always tell readers, buckle up, this one is a wild ride. Uh, and yet it's also a, a, a very, very human, very emotional story as well. Well, I can't wait to read it. I have it in my Amazon cart. Um, and Brian, I'm just so grateful that you took time to come on and, uh, you know, tell us about yourself. Tell us about uh, your story, uh, your personal story, and then definitely the stories that you have written over the years. Um it, for our for our listeners, uh, you can find more information about Brian Freeman at his website. It is bfreemanbooks.com, and you can definitely Google him because he has written an abundance of uh, novels and books. And I can assure you, uh, these are not books that you'll be disappointed with. So thank you again, Brian, for coming on. We appreciate you so much. Thank you. It was great to talk to you. 
JCI USA is a nonprofit organization that aims to provide development opportunities that empower young people to create positive change. If you are interested in standing up to make a positive change in yourself and your community, you can learn more about our organization and how to join or create your own chapter by visiting jciusa.org.